Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What the heck was that? What happened? Welcome to the Leftovers Podcast, where we're going to overreact in a uh, rather positive way. Not just, dude. Way too much stupid stuff happened this weekend. I mean, way too much. We talked a little bit about the like. First off, the Browns won. Brown- they won a football game, and then the Bills took the seventeen point took- cover. They covered the spread. They covered the spread. Not Minnesota that was given. They they had to cover it. The Bills covered it. They did it for them. They did it for. Oh my God! All right. Before we <laughs> before we talk more about the Bills, something else happened on Thursday that was just. More wacky. And in order to get full hype, we decided we needed our man from Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, a friend of our podcast. Jeff, it's Derek, it's Frank. What's going on, dude? Uh, not too much. Uh, you know, it, it's weird, guys. Look, uh, you know, Bills are celebrating a W. Uh, you know, I'm almost upset that practice has started again for the Browns because that means it's back in the game week. It was actually <laughs> a fun weekend. Yesterday was uh, yesterday was probably one of the more enjoyable Sundays I've had in a long time watching the NFL and not giving a flying rat's ass about what was going on. It was just you know be able to sit back, relax. But now Thursday night it was Thursday night was something that was coming, and the best part of it was is I kind of had a feeling how the game would go, but luckily, uh, well I mean you know not luckily but you know luckily the quarterback switch had to be made which probably ensured, you know, that they were going to be able to get the victory. But because, you know, Tyrod, it wasn't trending that way so much. But uh, the defensive line was going to mismatch that Jets offensive line. And it's pretty much what, you know, went went down Thursday night. But, you know, big big moment for the franchise because you got a lot of young kids that need to start to see that what they're putting in. It's one thing to say, guys, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. But these guys ain't fools, man. They want Ws. That's what it's about, and you know, hopefully, it confirms what everybody's putting in because the work ethic has been great, the effort has been great. So, hopefully, you know, this is just you know a small thing that can keep this pace going that it is right now. So, obviously, Jeff, the biggest thing from that from that night was the emergence of Baker Mayfield, and you had seen Sam Donald with up and down results through his first two weeks. You've seen Josh Allen get into the lineup in the first two weeks with up and down results, and. Then Baker comes in, and it's just smooth sailing for Cleveland. He really kind of just looked like the number one overall pick. And is it a stretch for me to say that if Baker was in the lineup week one, the Bills, uh, excuse me, the Browns would be three and zero? I, I mean, it, it, it's possible, but I mean, you have to maybe equate in there some rookie growing pains. Um, they got lucky with the Saints. I'm sure if they played him again, you know, they wouldn't be able to hold that offense back, offense back like they did. Um, and you saw what they did week one. You saw what they did yesterday. So, I mean, you know, maybe they, they, they did a good enough job there. I don't know if they would have been able to do it twice. Um, but even with Tyrod, I mean, still, the team, you know, essentially, uh, you know, you can make the case that the team should be 3-0 and regardless. But, uh, you know, they 
I think that, you know, they had a plan in place. They stuck with it. They didn't want to rush him. The injury kind of dictated it. Hopefully this is this would have been the week anyway because, you know, Tyrod was leaving a lot of yards on the field. He was leaving a lot of points on the field. He wasn't even taking risks. You know, I mean, how it works out is the quarterback comes off. No, well, he didn't throw the ball. He took the sack. Nobody was open. Well, maybe people are open if you're willing to use every part of the field. And you saw right away, Baker went right to work over the middle, slicing and dicing, you know, had a minute and change, was able to get that team a field goal. But the whole game felt like it had been played at a pause-like level. And then Baker went in there, and it felt like he was on fast forward, and he was just moving. Guys were there. Uh, David Njoku, two uh, receptions for 40 yards. He's not really been doing anything for, for, for the first two weeks. You just saw Baker came in, and it was literally like a B12 shot. It just a new energy went into that in the offense, and just the way they went. And, Jeff, I mean, you had already mentioned something about the defense. I mean, the talent has been collecting over the years as Cleveland had struggled to get wins through the long run of things. And now you see that this defense is at – it still could get better, but right now it's one of the best units in the NFL, I would say. And they're playing like it. I mean, they, they held the Saints to be capable of having a chance to beat them. And – Pittsburgh, I mean, yeah, it's road Ben Roethlisberger, and yeah, it was not the greatest of conditions, but they still yielded only 21 points to Pittsburgh. So this defense really is a promising aspect of this team. And like you said, maybe that shot in the arm. Where do you think the Browns stand now? Like, what do you think they can do for the rest of this season record-wise? It's going to be interesting because, look, I mean, you know, whether or not they're going to be favored this week or not, I mean, you know, there's some Browns fans that are upset about it. Who cares? I mean, you know, and it's understandable. You've won one game in, you know, two-plus years. So don't get, you know, that bent out of shape about it. But go in there. I mean, this Raider team does not look good. They have not looked good for three weeks. Yes. They cannot play. You know, they cannot be. I mean, they've they've held a lead at half all three games. They have not won any of these games. Um, the Browns now, uh, they got Carlos Hyde going. It was much needed that they were able to get the run game going. Obviously, some of that is due to the fact that Baker you know, is such a risk that you cannot just stack the box against this team, which will help this offensive line is still trying to gel and you know, get better as a unit. So go in there. Beat Oakland. Yeah, I'll start talking five, six, seven wins if you can go in there and beat this Raider team. But now this is, you know, this is now going to be the second week in a row. This is a game you should win. Will they be able to? Are they going to continue to ride the momentum? I, I, I think it looks good. I think, you know, I feel like it, it's going to go that way. But, you know, the same thing when you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. You know, it, it, there's a lot of history here saying these things aren't going to happen. So until you see it again, then maybe you can start to, you know, pick up expectations. But, you know, the, the bar has been risen here for this franchise. And it's a long time and it needed to be. And you've got guys who, you know, don't care about 1-31 and 31 like Baker Mayfield or don't care about the fact that, that this team hasn't been in the playoffs in a stone age and a guy like Miles Arridge. Miles Garrett. These guys want to play. They want to win. Dude, and Jeff, like, one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, like you said, that shot in the arm with Baker Mayfield. He really was playing like the number one overall pick, like the top quarterback on the board, like many of us had suspected that he could be. And one of the biggest things, like, I was, I was jealous right away, like, looking as a Bills fan, like, yeah, I know I've got Josh Allen, and I did not know he was about to do what he did this weekend. But... Like, I was looking at Josh Allen, and then I see Baker Mayfield, the footwork in the pocket. It's like, I'm not going to say it, like, as a resemblance, but, you know, it reminded me a little bit of Peyton Manning. The footwork in the pocket, it's always moving. It's always working. And seriously, how much with Baker Mayfield, how do, you, how do Browns fans have to be feeling after seeing that? 
Uh, a long time coming, obviously. Uh, you know, they've, they've tried to, you know, you know, patch it for so long. And then, you know, finally you went and took the guy. You know, everybody, we kind of thought it was going to be Sam Darnold. But they went with Baker Mayfield, the more experienced guy. You know, I had the more film, everything. And that's what you saw. And that is exactly what you saw Thursday night. Um, he was a million times better at the line of scrimmage pre-snap than Tyrod Taylor had been through two and a half games. He knew what was going to be open, where it was going to be open. And it was just... And, you know, where you get the, say, Peyton Manning, you do see some of that. He, you know, as soon as the ball was snapped, he pretty much had a 99.9% idea as to where he was going with it. So, you know, obviously, you know, he's working his butt off. He's, you know, in the classroom, on the boards, on the practice field. Even though he was not number one quarterback for the first couple of weeks, it's not like he wasn't prepared to be, to go in at any time. And he jumped in and, look, there, there, there hasn't been much between the hashes for this passing offense. And I think Baker knew, you want to know what? I think there's stuff there. We haven't exploited it, and he went right to work with it. You know, and Najoku, that is where he's going to win. He's not an excellent route runner so much, David Najoku, yet, as much as he is an athlete with length. So you can get him over the middle, and it's easy. I mean, as long as you can dump it over the first guy's head and get it lower than the safety, you should be able to eat with David Najoku over the middle. And he did not have much issue with that. Jarvis Landry was running some deep square ins. Baker had zero issues completing those passes. It just... It's, he, he's very prepared, and, you know, the competitor in him will never die. Um, and, you know, I don't care if he takes his cell phone out to the huddle with him this week. <laughs> Let the kid go and have some fun. Oh, coward. Oh. <laughs> of all the dumb takes. But the, worst, the worst, <laughs> but the worst part about that was, well, Sam Darnold didn't do that. Sam Darnold won his first game in Ford Field in Detroit. He's never going to play. He might play there once again in his life. It, you know, it's, I mean, it, it meant so much more that Baker did it at home in a game he wasn't supposed to start. It's like he didn't even, like, think about it. Like, it was, you know, what does he need to do, Sam? What, do you want to take a film of Ford Field? You're never going to be there again. Who cares? <laughs> Baker Mayfield wanted to soak in every aspect of, you know, hopefully what is a huge cultural change of this franchise where he is a huge factor in it. It was a joke. I, I loved one of my favorite responses to it was uh, a picture of Aaron Rodgers having his cell phone out after they had won the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, there you go. Um, really, really, Colin, this is going to be the hill you die on is <laughs> is just figuring out everything that you can try to possibly criticize about uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, you do realize that he'll just go on your show and dunk on you again. Well, I doubt they're, they're not getting him back on the show. Oh, that yeah, no. Hey, That'd no be... way he's doing that favor again. <laughs> well, I don't even know if it, it was a self-serving favor. Baker just dunked, went on his show and dunked on him. So, I mean, hey, maybe maybe that's the one and done. But, oh, man, I, I just – I love me some Baker Mayfield, even though I don't have him on my team. He's just he, he's just got it. And he, there's the competitor in there. And, look, a lot of it comes from the, you know, the walk-on, not really wanted, always told not big enough. And, you know, there's a, there's a fire in him. And, you know, it's created a, a, a solid cockiness. It's not over the line. But, you know, he just – he will for the rest of it, he'll always just be that guy, the anti-Jay Cutler. I don't care what you say about me. I'm still going to be whoever the hell I am. You know, as opposed to where Baker, every little thing says, it's like, all right, you just, you know, keep lighting that fire, make it a little bit bigger. It's fine. Yeah, it's pretty great, too, especially with we didn't, no one knew that the Browns were going to draft Mayfield until the day of. That was when the talks of, hey, Mayfield might go number one to actually. You know, it's like, it's like you said, uh, Derek, Darnold was expected to go number one. Then there was talk of Josh Allen going number one, Mm -hmm. too. 
And we know that John Dorsey loves the big quarterbacks, and and then he takes Baker Mayfield. And we're like, and we're like what? He's taking Mayfield? Wow. Like, no one saw that coming. And Thanks for breaking my heart, John. <laughs> but now, now <laughs> it's paying off dividends for the Browns. It is. And I think it was more, you know, you know uh, Scott McLuhan obviously had you know, a big relationship and influence with John Dorsey. They will tell anyone to a man that he was their guy for a while and they just chose to keep it to themselves, which is good because, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, you still want some mystery on draft night. You know, you don't always want to say, all right, well, you know, the draft's going to start with who goes number two, you know, because, you know, you got to, you know, I remember years ago with David Carr when he first got drafted for the Texans. Uh, well, his wife is walking around Texas with a real estate agent. Okay, we knew who Houston was going to take. So it, you know, it's, it's nice when you get some mystery and some surprise to it. And, look, at the end of the day, I think they just thought that he was the guy that could come in here, and it, it wasn't going to matter that this franchise was viewed as a laughing stock, you know, as a punchline. And Baker Mayfield was, it was not going to stand anymore on his watch, and it is not to this point. I think the most enjoyable part about watching the game Thursday, it was a comeback win as well. It wasn't just like he came in in a close in a, in a tie game like later or anything. He came in and he led the Browns to a comeback to that win over the Jets. It, it it's fit it's fitting for a guy for a guy like Baker and it really it really does show that he's he's got a bright future in the NFL. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, because that's obviously not the best circumstances. I mean, you look at what the Cardinals did yesterday with Josh Rosen. You know, he probably did the kid no favors in that scenario. But Baker Mayfield, it was more of a had to. And, you know, there were people talking, you know, they thought he was going to come in the second half. He was getting loose on the sidelines. I still don't believe that Hugh Jackson was going to pull the plug. Cause, and the other thing is, is it would have been maybe, it wasn't maybe the best situation because it was a Thursday night game. If it was Sunday, maybe a little bit more. But, you know, with it being a Thursday night game, yanking one quarterback and a half to go to the other, in my opinion, probably wouldn't have been the right way to go. But, you know, circumstances led to the point where you had to do it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, sink or swim, you know, type of situation. You're not, you're not sure how they're going to react. But if you think about the type of guy Baker Mayfield is, I mean, the reason he's here, the reason he was the number one overall pick is because basically, you know, he's had sink or swim his entire life. And he's always come out, you know, you know smelling like a rose at the end of it. So it really worked out well. Uh, you, and I think the defense got stronger in the second half because I think they had more confidence in what the offense can do. And just everybody now growing together on the same page. And, you know, it's a really good feeling where this team is at. And, you know, we just hope the momentum will continue as the weeks go on. All right. I just got to ask you about it because, you know, Thursday happened, but then the biggest thing of the weekend was the Bills. I mean, Josh Allen goes out there and has just as impressive of a, of a game, I would say than Baker Mayfield did against a very, very talented Minnesota Vikings defense. And do you have, like, what were your quick thoughts on that? First things first, absolutely stunned. Stunned. There were times I literally was checking my phone. I'm like, this can't be right. (laughs) And then I'm looking at it in Minnesota and Minnesota was literally doing nothing. I mean, they literally were doing nothing. And then they, then he, you know, then I'm like, all right, I got to see the box score. And how was Buffalo doing this? And it was literally the Josh Allen, the Josh Allen show, uh, you know, running the ball, obviously, you know, throwing the ball. Uh, I think the most impressive thing, I, I think, I thought the wheel route was beautiful. You know, obviously, you know, Josh, sometimes with when there's touch involved, you get nervous because, yeah, which makes a lot of sense with his size and you know, as hard as he can throw the ball. But I mean, that one, he was just, you know, like, you know, you can see like the, all right, don't overthrow this. Just laid it up there. It was perfectly thrown. 
Uh, he's got to be a little careful. I, I wouldn't be, you know, trying to hurdle six foot three linebackers <laughs> in the middle of the field. That's a little dangerous. But I mean, that's I mean, he's got a lot. He knows what was said about him, and I think as you know, the game started to go and you know start trending his way yesterday. You can just see him feel it more and more. And look, this is a very good thing for the NFL because you look and there is a lot of terrible, terrible quarterback play in the league. You know, with Cleveland to get somebody, with obviously you know the, the, the Jets to get somebody, with the Bills now. I mean, look, you guys. I mean, when you guys emailed me about doing that, I mean, texted me about doing this. You wanted to already start talking draft. Now all of a sudden, you know, Bills yeah. out there hangs. You know, whatever points they did on. On Minnesota, and everybody's feeling a little bit better. Uh, you know, Josh Rosen, I'm probably going to get his first NFL start next week. So it's good. This league needs this. We need new blooded quarterback, so we don't have to watch Sam Bradford's and Mike Glennon's and these guys anymore, who are on their seventh, eighth team. You know, it, you're just not good enough anymore. We need better NFL quarterback play. And luckily, you know, as long as Baltimore tr- stops trying to throw passes to Lamar Jackson and maybe actually puts him behind center, mm-hmm. we can see some things there. But the league needs these guys desperately because the quarterback play in this league has been bad now for a couple of years. By the way, Jeff, did you know it was 1,087 days since the Browns and Bills won it the same week? Oh, good Lord. Welcome really to the new fun. age. <laughs> good God. Yeah, that, that's wow. that's your fun stat for the day. So take that and be like, hey, that, that's pretty cool, though, that you know both of these guys with young quarterbacks are making it happen like that. And like you said, it, it's great to see this sort of thing going on, and hopefully it can keep going on. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing with, with the first two weeks. I mean, it was good to feel this way. I mean, good to, you know, 0-1-1 oh, oh, wasn't too bad. But the fact that they were losing with the way Tyrod was playing, and in my opinion, Tyrod was kind of giving you like rookie-like things, you know, a couple of interceptions at the most inopportune time, taking too many sacks. If that was the case, and I said it right after the Pittsburgh game, I don't care if it was a monsoon. You could have done this same game with Baker Mayfield playing. And then after the Saints game, it was again, look, this outcome could have come with Baker Mayfield playing. So why? I mean, if everybody was okay with starting to go to their younger kids, you know, whatever led them to the decision, that's fine. But I, I was ready to yank it after week one. I just, you know, I knew the kid was ready. I, I, what we saw through preseason, even the first reps he took against the Giants, he ran each play, boom, head right back to the offense coordinator, had a hand circling, let's go, next play, next play, next play. He, he, he was ready. There was no doubt about it. They chose to go the way they go. But, look, at the end of the day, it's, you know, when you finally reach the correct decision is what matters. And they finally got there. And obviously, it would look really good the way it all went down Thursday night. All right, Jeff, enjoy it. And as you, well, you already enjoyed it. You already said it that uh, it's time to get back to work. And I, I think that they can go ahead and put the Raiders in that 0 and 4, and uh, have John Gruden asking about how they can get a pass rush. Or John Gruden asking about how he can get back to holding a <laughs> microphone. And the funny thing is, these were all. And and you know what? There's other people here though. Though, oh, we'll see, but well, they're losing anyway. Khalil Mack wouldn't have mattered. These have been close games. Uh, Khalil Mack has had a strip sack in each of the three games with the Bears. That's wacky. What if he maybe did those for the Raiders? Maybe the maybe they wouldn't be zero and three. Maybe they could be two and one. Everyone just wants to write it off. Oh, like oh well, they suck. But they're also not factoring in of what Khalil Mack is playing like right now. They could certainly use him, and maybe they wouldn't be zero and three because these have been close losses. If he was there, maybe they were one and two, two and one because he's been playing lights out. So. I mean, I hope he loves the draft picks. I hope they're nice with going to bed, but I'm not sure he's a guy with you know defensive player of the year potential. No way in the world. <laughs> well, at least we're all on the same boat on that one, except for John. So, <laughs> All right, Jeff, 
Thanks for uh, coming on as always, and it's always good talking to you, bro. Always a pleasure, fellas. That was our boy Jeff Lloyd. Always fun. Always fun to talk to Jeff Lloyd, especially when in the first time in 187 days, oh, 100, 1,087 days that the Bills and the Browns won in the same week. Didn't I know that? That's we a just great w- stat. We went over one. Now it's time to get into the other. What the butt happened? I don't know. Frank, we're wearing Sabres hats because we're thinking this is what we have to this is what we I'm have to wait for. I'm wearing a Jack Eichel t-shirt. Like, we're thinking this is what we have to wait for. Like, we only have two more. The last podcast I said we only have two more Bills games to endure until the Sabres start the season. Then that happens. The, as Jeff said, the Josh Allen show it was. happened. It was the Josh. It really was. I. Well, how much of it was the Josh Allen show compared also with defense? Totally got defense totally gets overlooked here because it was the Josh Allen show. It was the Josh Allen show, but the defense was fantastic. It was fantastic. You better bet fumbles in in the first the first quarter, first three drives. Yeah, two fumble, two forced and recovered fumbles on Cousins in the first three drives. You saw a pass rush. Yeah. Before that game, we were wondering if they'd even get to like 10 sacks on the year because of how putrid that pass rush had been. But now? Boy, Minnesota not having Everson Griffith and Dalvin Cook. I don't know how much Dalvin Cook would have helped them here, actually. Because a lot of the problems that they were given – it, well, it probably, the way that that game unfolded that probably so probably would have been more of a close game then. I wouldn't more s- of a defensive game. Everson Griffin there, yes, yeah. But I think with Dalvin Cook though, he was ta- like Latavius Murray was taken right out of the game. The Bills are up seventeen nothing halfway through the first quarter. Yeah, and it was the opposite end of what we had been seeing for first two weeks, where the Bills are getting kicked in so badly that. You're thinking the third quarter is not even going to be watchable anymore. And then the Bills did did the exact thing to the Vikings. We have not had a close Bills game this year. No. It's been the Bills have been blown out. The Bills have been blown out again. And then the Bills blew them out? Yeah, that's, that's what it's been. <laughs> I, Frank, I wrote this game off. Everyone did. We all did. And I said that the Rest. next, the, and I said the next big step was going to be Green Bay, Washington, and Minnesota. Over the last two weeks, have put that defense to task. If Lashawn McCoy, who wisely sat out this game, win or lose, takes on a Green Bay defense, but run by uh, old friend Mike Pettin, yeah, who never has a defense that can stop the run. Ever, his run defenses are chance. always bad. There's a chance. So LaShawn McCoy coming into Green Bay with what Josh Allen did with a huge momentum boost. Could they get out of this to two and two? Am I back on my nine and seven? You bet your ass I am. Oh, you you definitely are. I did the one eighty. Let's go. My biggest nine and seven again. <laughs> I think you're I think you have a you make a good point, but here's but here's the big problem. Here's the big problem going. Defense into is going to give up theirs. It's going to happen. Yeah, Rodgers. Can you keep up? And against now, that remember, defense? remember we were talking about 
Green Bay potentially sitting Rodgers. Not happening anymore. That's not happening. Well, now they're one one and one. You yeah. have to like. You look at it. If they were two zero and one, you got a game, and then that happened. You have a game up on Minnesota, and you're got a half. That, a, yeah, that you have happen. a half a game up on Chicago and the first head to head. You could look into it. Now, no. not a chance. He's so Aaron Rodgers is going to get his. You better look out. Mm-hmm. But can you keep up? I think the Bills, the way they're playing their defense, limit Rodgers a little bit. You can tell I'm hungry. Limit Rodgers a bit. And it's if the, be hard if the offense it. can do what they did again, they can get out of this 2-2. Two and two. I think they can. The Bills but have, for some strange reason, don't ask me I why. Won't, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. But for some reason, the Bills have great success against the NFC North lately. Yeah. They went 4-0 the last time the division had to come in. 2014. Yes. Yeah. 2014, including against the Packers. Yeah, that was that, that, that was that one game that somehow Rodgers threw, like, multiple picks that game. Um, and then Jordy Nelson dropped what would have been a 95-yard touchdown. Yeah. And the Bills got a safety to end the game. Yeah, they did. That's where They had a punt return touchdown. They didn't score an offensive touchdown that game, and they won. They had a defensive touchdown, they had a special teams touchdown, and then that was and then Dan Carpenter kicked a couple field goals. Mm-hmm. That was the that was Bakari Rambo had had the two yes, interceptions. Bakari Rambo had a pair of picks there. Yeah. That was that was a hilarious day. Yeah, that was another game where like no one saw that coming. Because mm-hmm. Rodgers was playing out of his mind at the time. It's twenty fourteen it, it's Aaron Rodgers. Well it's he's Aaron Rodgers. He's he, not playing think, out of his did mind. He, That's did just, he win MVP that year? He might have. But it's standard Aaron Rodgers at that yeah. point. No, but like he was playing like more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I think like I think I remember the stat going into the game was he had had a game of multiple picks in like weeks mm-hmm. or like going dating back to like the previous season. Yeah, it was something like that. And but again, the Bills tend to do well strangely against the NFC North. And I mean, Green Bay's defense is exploitable. I said that before. The Bills won this game. You have a shot to really take the next step against Green Bay's defense was what I said. Yeah. Now, gonna, I th- now it's an expectation a little bit. Now now I want Josh Allen to take, take that next step because you have something to build on. We're going to know what this Bills team is after next week. If they can take that momentum and bring it into Green Bay, even if they don't come out with a win – but they make this game close. And Say they, they lose 31-27. Yeah. If they could do something like that. Dude, there's a shot. There's promise for this. There is promise for this year. There's a shot. Because remember, they still got to play Tennessee. They They've play got Houston. Houston, who is a tire fire right now. They've got Indy, who... Got to play Indy. Luck you hasn't... You still have to play your Luck division. Luck hasn't looked that great, no, actually. No, he hasn't. You still have to play... The Jets, the Miami Jets is three and zero. Somehow Miami's three and zero. I don't know what. The, somehow New England is under five hundred. Can we talk about that too? Later, later, they, later. Okay, <laughs> but because there's still a lot to unwrap with this Bills game. There's but, still a lot. Yeah, but you're looking at the rest of the schedule being. You know what? There's promise here. I think I'm going to apologize to the Sabres now in advance uh, for this podcast. I don't know how much talk- hockey we're talking here today. I mean, there's not really... There's not too much to go on. 
They lost but, both games to Toronto over the weekend, but they were good games. You know, I, mean, I have some thoughts. A lot. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I do have some thoughts on them. But, again, everything – okay, almost everything was good for the Bills in this one. There are actually some things that we have to point out that can make us either scratch our heads or make us just start being mad. The biggest thing of them all was the run game still struggles. The run blocking still struggled. Josh Allen was still one of your more promising rushers. Chris Ivory had him by volume. Yeah. But that's it. Josh Allen had the best runs of the day. Yeah, because with the two touchdowns. Including vaulting a 6'5 linebacker who wasn't (laughs) even trying to go for the legs. Yeah. Now, his shoulder was ready for Josh Allen to hit in the chest. Mm -hmm. And Josh Allen jumped over that guy. He's like, yeah, nope. And I'm thinking to myself, no, my God. I, I was, I saw that. I'm like, what just happened? That was awesome. Did Never do it happen? again. Yeah, exactly. That was amazing. Don't ever do it again. Yeah. That's what is being said in the film room today, probably at One Bill's Drive, <laughs> yeah. was, Josh, that was incredible. I don't ever want to see you do that again because you're going to give me a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, like that just shows you the kind of day the man was having. Like he was in a zone and it wasn't going to stop. Mm-hmm. But the run, but the run game, we still have to remember. Yeah, the run game still was not that good. Yeah, and yes, part of that might be LaShawn McCoy wasn't there. Running games tend to get better when LaShawn McCoy's in the lineup. But again, he hasn't been that good for the team when healthy because the run blocking hasn't been there. Pass blocking, you're seeing this offensive line get better. It is getting better, yes. And part of that is Josh Allen was fixing the protection calls that he did not against the Chargers. Yeah. He still took a couple sacks. Russell Bodine got blasted, and then Josh Allen got sacked and fumbled the ball. Bills managed to recover it, but it still happened. I yeah. mean, the, the offensive line is still going to be a problem this year. But if there's a time to fix the run game, this is going to be the week to do it. Mm-hmm. And now for my other negative. Calvin Benjamin. Yeah. It's three weeks into this season. I already want him off the team. I kind of want him Devontae. <laughs> yeah, that's a verb now. Yeah, I saw it on – I was seeing it on Twitter yesterday. Apparently he got into a little bit of a shouting match with coaches on the sideline. When you're winning 27 to nothing. What can you possibly be mad about? Because if you want the ball, blame your flipper hands for dropping the first two passes of yours from the game. Josh Allen was 5 of 7 on the first two drives. His two incompletions were, we're dropped two, by Kelvin Benjamin. We're to Benjamin, yeah. You wanted to complain about Cam Newton. You wanted a quarterback to get you the football in your hands. Well... It's been delivered, literally, to your hands. I'm already done with them. I know the Bills aren't signing him back long term. Try to swap him for some other receiver at the deadline. I'm not kidding. I'm done with him. I'm, I'm done with him. How can you manage to be a bad spot in a 27-6 win where the 6 came in garbage time? It's your attitude at that point. It's got to be an attitude thing. It's an ad- it is an attitude thing. Yeah. 
you know what? Go to free agency. Go get whatever money you can. He's going to sign like a one- or two-year deal. Get whatever money you can at this point. Maybe get that Sammy Watkins contract based on promise because you know what? It's not going to be here, and I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it at that point. Whatever. Go away. Watch him, like, sign with the Jets. Go away. Feed my boy Ray Ray some football. Yeah. And he got, the, he got the first catch and was the only one he got, and I was so mad. Yeah. He got the first catch, and I was like, all right, let's go. Goat, let's go. Ray Ray McLeod. I have, I have a very, very unknown reason as to why I like the man so much as a football player. If you like a guy. He's exciting. You know? Yeah. And I'm overhyping. They... I'm overhyping a sixth-round pick, and I don't care. Hey, I mean, if he looks good. Do you think that there is a chance that, let's say, like, they – something with Benjamin and he doesn't play on Sunday, do you think there's a chance they would sign, like, Brandon Riley off the practice squad? He's not on a practice squad, actually. Oh, that's right. He's not. Or just, he sign, is, or just he bring him back. He's on the street right now. Yeah, just bring him back. They might. I mean, obviously, if you're getting rid of one, you have to bring one in because they would have yeah. only five on the roster. Yeah. Or they'd only have four on the roster, actually. Because it's Benjamin, Jones, Holmes, Foster, McLeod. Frank's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> hungry for more W's. Hell yeah. Because the Bills just tease. I think to. Oh, no. The most impressive thing about Sunday, it, it really isn't shouldn't be a shock, but what Tredavious White did against Stephon Diggs. That was amazing. And he's done that over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens got everyone involved, but they really just tried to rotate it around, and Trey White's not shadowing Michael Crabtree or John Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not worth the time. He limited Keenan Allen last week. He limited Keenan Allen. Um, and he limited Diggs to four catches shut, for 17. He shut down shut Diggs. Down. He limited Diggs Allen. Had- he shut down Diggs. Yeah. Because Allen still got around 70-some-odd yards on six catches. Diggs had... Ten targets. Four catches. And you looked at Adam Thielen had 14. Yeah, 19 targets. 19 Thielen targets, 14 big, catches. Thielen had a big day. And Thielen had a big we'll day because... we we'll just go for my fantasy team. <laughs> Thielen had a big day because Stefan Diggs was blanketed. Yeah. Yeah. Trey White's looking like a fantasy problem for people now. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Green Bay. Who's their top guy now? Devontae Adams? Yeah. He might get a little bit of a letdown because Trey White's on him. Yeah. And you know Trey White's going to be on him. If he gets if he gets like 10 how many what do you what's usually average targets for Devontae Adams so far? I wouldn't know. I'm, gonna I'm not a, I'm not a Green Bay fan. I'm I would look, not know this. I'm going to look that up. But I do know this. Tredavious White has taken that next step again. And it looks like the rest of the defense as a whole has. I now don't know what happened in those first six quarters of the of the season. I don't know if I can un- understand it anymore, Frank. But I am going to spin the narrative this way, in a hilarious way, because that's how we roll here. Yeah. The Bills have let up nine total points since Vontae Davis retired. This is true. And got lit up when he was on the roster. Yeah. Ding! There's your, there's your happy feels for the day. How'd you feel about Ryan Lewis? did all right i mean i think they shadowed a lot of potential problems yeah because it could have been lewis it could be tara johnson it could be phil Gaines, who wasn't an actor for play. this game yeah. but 
I think they shaded a lot of things there because the Bills were getting a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Nate Orchard got involved, too. Nate Orchard got involved. Jerry Hughes was dominated a, Riley dominated. Reef. Yeah. Dominated the man. Yeah. He stripped sack Cousins for sure one. He affected another pass that mm-hmm. happened to go forward. Yeah, he got his arm out. And got his hand on got the it. ball. Right on, yeah. And he missed on a third. Mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes looks like he's back. And you want to know what it is? When there's a complimentary pass rush inside, you can't suddenly step up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And they got some of that yesterday in that game. They did. They got some of that extra help from the interior on the pass rush. Yeah. When you can do that, that's huge. Because that was the easiest way to beat Jerry Hughes over the last couple of years was, okay, I'm just going to step up into the pocket because there's no pass rush coming that way. And, oh, Jerry Hughes has now been led around me. I'm safe. Because Hughes has been doing this. I can't even say that Jerry Hughes is back. He's never been gone. The man's finally getting some help again. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And if Shaq Lawson could get healthy, the interior pass rush looks a lot better because what they were doing in that Baltimore game in the second half was they put Shaq Lawson on passing situations inside. They kicked him inside so that they can get a little more of a pass rush. They would rotate him in as a D-tackle on passing situations. Right. You get a quicker, nimbler guy on the inside, kind of like how the Giants did it when they uh, frustrated Tom Brady. And created 18-1. and one. They had OCU Minora yeah. kick into the inside. Okay. There's, like, your, there's your history lesson for it. It's a history lesson. Because it was called four aces. I remember Steve Spagnuolo had four aces. It was four DNs at a time on the pass rush. Mm. Two of them on the inside. And you had Strahan on the outside <laughs> with a combination of you Minora or Pierre Paul <laughs> on the outside. And just... Go to town. Yeah. And that is what Shaq Lawson can bring to you when he's healthy. He's a Right now, he's a situational guy, which is unfortunate because he was a first-round pick, but he has the talent still. Mm-hmm. He does, he he's still a dominant run-stopper. Yeah. But he's not necessarily a consistent player when it comes to getting a pass rush on a tackle. Mm-hmm. You, could put, you can kick him inside, and you could probably get some better pass rush from the inside, and that helps Jerry Hughes. That helps Trent Murphy. That helps Nate Orchard. The Bills really might have something here. If their defense is back, look out. They even got those timely turnovers yesterday. Yep. That makes it even better. So I have what I, what happens here with Green Bay is I don't know. So what I do know is that the defense is going to naturally take a step back. Because Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins, yeah, he got the guaranteed money. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna Kirk Cousins. We know he's a good quarterback. But the man's but not Aaron Rodgers. Ha- yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers. The man's and not Aaron Rodgers. He's he always has those kind of games where he just looks really bad. And Aaron Rodgers has though. Games. But Aaron Rodgers is working on one operative leg. Yeah, pretty much. So I have Green Bay's receiving stats up. Okay. Devontae Adams, twenty nine targets so far this year. It leads the team. So ten a game. Yeah, about 10. Close a, to 10 a game. About 10 a game. He's got 20, 20 catches so far for 204 yards. He's actually the second re- leading receiver on the team. Jerome Allison? He's first with 209 yards on 13 catches of 18 So he's targets. a big play element. Yeah, he's more of the big play guy because then, then Randall Cobb is second in 
total targets with 27. He gets about nine a game. And a lot of that was actually that first week when yeah. Randall Cobb went off yeah. against the Bears, including the game-winning touchdown. 75 yards. 75 yards. <laughs> yeah. So Cobb is not as explosive as he used to be. So it's really – it would really be – Volume? You know Devontae Adams yeah. is getting Tredavious White. Yeah. What can you do to stop the rest of it? What can you do to limit Aaron Rodgers? And can you absolutely shut down the running game in Green Bay, which is not that good? That answer is yes. You absolutely – you can. You can. So what happens here? What happens next? Don't know. We'll get into that on Friday. Yeah. But you know what you can do on a Monday for – it's a rare occurrence. We get to laugh at New England. <laughs> They're one and two. They lost They're to one Detroit. And two. It's not even how it's not even who they lost to, it's how they lost. That offense was unspectacular for a large portion of the game. Against Detroit, who let Sam Darnold do everything after his first pass. Who let Jimmy Garoppolo look like, okay, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is a solid starter in this league. And then Brady comes in, and that offense is just, that offense is bad. They need Julian Edelman back immediately. Because mm-hmm. their receivers are not that good. They are terrible, actually. Josh Gordon, who knows what Josh Gordon's going to do there in New England. I know what Julian Edelman could do in New England. Yeah. And Tom Brady needs him back. Because otherwise, his receivers have been butt. They have been bad. They have been terrible. As a matter of fact, the whole AFC East, until Josh Gordon showed up on talent alone, on talent alone, Josh Gordon might be the best receiver in the AFC East out of four teams. Wow. Not, that's not an overstatement. You know it's, you know it's, it's right. It's probably true, yeah. So what in the world? Because we're not just talking – we're only talking receivers. We're talking receivers, not tight ends. Yeah. Gronkowski doesn't count in this. When Joe brought it up, I was like, you're absolutely right. Calvin Benjamin might have been a top three by talent alone receiver in the AFC East. I think to be fair to New, I, I don't want to be fair to New England, but to be fair to them, Brady does we they, Brady does have like one or two games like this every year. Well, it looks like he and, got both of them out of the way against Jacksonville and Detroit. So, so I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to say that they're going to lose the division. No, because. Well, this is where he goes ahead and rips off 12 straight wins. Exactly. However, with that receiving core, they need something else. And their run game was not getting it done yesterday. As a matter of fact, I, I think saw, what I'm more worried about. I saw last what night. What I'm more worried about New England is their defense. Well, their defense has it's, always been bad. Just, it, it looks worse. Well, then Matt Stafford pulled a, pulled a vintage through an interception that infuriated me. But you look at this team, New England, like, their defense is not good enough to uh, to overcome these kinds of games where the offense sputters. And it's never been that way. Like, they are – the offense is never the one that sputters. The way that they lose games is they get outscored 30 to 40 or something like that. But right now – I mean, the Jaguars' defense is the Jaguars' defense. But you let Blake Bortles throw four touchdowns on you. Yeah. The same Blake Bortles that had his team score a grand total of six points against Tennessee. Which the Jaguars just can never beat Tennessee. 
hilarious because their obnoxious fan base deserves it. It is it is pretty funny. It is. Like I was at work last night and like I watched that was whole taking game. A, I was taking like we were taking like a little break before we had to do a bunch of stuff and we were in the break room and the game was on. And so and then it's just like the beginning of the game. Like it's it's going to be starting soon. And then I go back I go back into the break room later cuz we were cleaning up and everything. I was you know taking out the garbage and it was like 23 to 10 Detroit. I'm like, "What just happened?" You know what happened? Their offense is not in sync right now. That's what's happening. Yeah. The receivers Brady is getting infuriated with. They brought in Corey Coleman. They cut Corey Coleman. They bring in Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon doesn't play. Julian Edelman has one more game on his suspension. When Edelman comes back, I think things are going to be a little bit better. Yeah. It's just you need some help then from the passing game by getting a run game. You know what they're not doing? Getting anything there. I watched that game last night, and I saw three drive killers where McDaniels stupidly called run plays, and on third down, Detroit was ready. Mm-hmm. Their running game is not that good. I can see why they drafted Sony Michelle, but they are not using him well. The Patriots have an offensive problem for once. And please, hey, you know what? I'm not even... I'm not even begging at this point. I'm hoping, but I'm not begging. But, Frank, we saw Josh Allen. We saw Baker Mayfield do things. Maybe we're in a new age. I'm just going to ask the football gods, can this finally be the year that it sticks and New England is bad? We deserve it. Not as long as Brady's there. 31 fans, fans of 31 other teams deserve it. <laughs> I'm not asking as just a Bills fan. I'm not asking just as a division opponent. I am asking for the sake of good Lord, I don't want to have to count two automatic losses every year. I am asking so that we can stop having to see Tom Brady as a guarantee in the AFC Championship game. Please let this stick. As long as him and Belichick are there. I don't even care if Miami wins the division anymore. Oh, my God. You know what? Kudos to Miami, though, by the way. Because you know what the Bills did last year? They took a week schedule and they took advantage of it. They won some games that they weren't even supposed to win. Yep. But the games that they had to win, they won. Yep. Miami's doing that right now. They are. Now comes the harder part for them. Yeah. But they took advantage of their third-place schedule. And that's something that a team needs to do. That's what playoff teams do. Is tend, They tend to win the games and take advantage of bad situations. Like, the Bills had... Some games that they needed to take. And they did. Mm -hmm. That's big. That's what a playoff team does. They don't have to be a good playoff team. But that's how you punch your ticket. By eventually taking care of the business you need to take care of. Even when the Bills hiccuped, they still went in and took care of the games that they were supposed to. The last three games, those AFC East games, Miami, New England, Miami. You knew they weren't winning against New England. You knew they had to take care of business against Miami, and they did. The Dolphins are doing it early right now. Can they keep it up? I don't know. We'll have to see. Do you want to do pickums? Let's do it. Let's do pickums for week four. And you've already won this week. We don't need to worry about Fitzpatrick and the Steelers. No. 
I will only keep track of it because I'm keeping because I'm, I'm keeping our record. record our, like I'm keeping our total record for pickums and Frank, then the overall. I'm gonna, for the, I'm gonna regret asking this. Yeah. How'd we do? So. <laughs> All I know is right I have now, one more win than you for this week. Yeah. What happened? How bad was it? I have seven. You have eight. I could have a winning record this week. You could. Yeah. If Tampa wins, I, I picked Tampa. We both picked Tampa. What am I doing with my life? Because Fitz Fitz Magic. No, it's because of Road Ben Rothless. That that's why I that's did that. that too. That is why I did that, that. too. So if, if Tampa wins, you go nine and seven. I go eight and eight. Wow! Look at us finally trying to get back on the other side of five hundred. And all right. Okay. First game of the week, Thursday night. Minnesota, <laughs> L.A. Rams. Minnesota's mad, yeah. but I am not picking up against the Rams. Yeah. You, you want to pick against the Rams? Go right ahead. No, I'm not. Pick- I ain't doing it. No. That was a rhetorical ask of that question. Yeah, I'm, not. I'm not asking that okay. literally because you're your own man. You don't need my question to make that pick. I know. But I'm not. I'm taking the Rams. Against, I'm not going against L.A. Mm-hmm. No way. Cincinnati, Atlanta. Hmm. I'm going Falcons. I think the Bengals bounce back. Carolina played them really well, but I think that Atlanta's an inconsistent team, and I think the Bengals are the AFC North favorite. I think that they hold serve. Okay. Don't let me down, Dalton. Tampa Bay. Oh, boy. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I'm That there. pass rush is terrifying. Khalil Mack has a strip sack in each game. They got Khalil This Mack. might be that Fitz tragic game. That might be the Fitz tragedy. Their offense does need to pick it up. Luckily, Tampa's defense is not anything to brag home about. Mm-hmm. Even Trubisky could have a solid game. How about that? That man was taking before Mahomes and Watts. Yeah. Like, Bills fans could be mad Chicago about not traded taking. up one spot. Like, Bills fans could be mad about not taking Mahomes and Watson. Chicago fans got to be livid. <laughs> Detroit, Dallas. Detroit. Yeah. Dallas is terrible. Yeah. And Detroit looks like they're. Okay, at the least. Detroit looks like they're not a tire fire. They're not a tire fire, and Dallas is. Yeah. Philly and Tennessee. Philly. The return of Wentz. They beat Indy. Yeah. And we don't know what Tennessee's doing at quarterback because Mariota. Mariota still can't throw a football properly. Gabbert got concussed. Yeah. And if Gabbert was starting, I'm not picking Tennessee anyway. <laughs> Bills, you have an opportunity in two weeks. You really do. Houston and Indy. 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 Houston is just, you know what? No, I'm going to take the Texans. Okay. Because even they, they have enough latent talent that they will win a game against a division rival. And I think Indy is ripe to be that team. Okay, fair enough. Well, we were talking about these two teams, Miami, New England. You want to bet against a pissed-off Patriots team? I ain't doing it. No. No, I think New England inches closer to taking back their usual spot atop the AFC East. Yeah. There's still a game behind Miami after that, actually. Funny thing. (laughs) Take that. Two games. Well, right now. Yeah. But, like, if if they were to win. Oh, yeah. then They would still be a game back. Yeah. In the fourth week of the season. The Jets... And Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. That defense is way too legit, and Sam Darnold is looking like a rookie sometimes. Yep. 
I'm going to feel bad for when Allen has to deal with that defense. I'm going to feel bad when Mayfield has to deal with that defense. I'm going to feel terrible when Rosen has to deal with that defense because Arizona is butt. Arizona's pretty bad. Well, we were talking about it with Jeff Lloyd a little bit. Cleveland and Oakland. I'm taking the Browns. I'm taking the Browns. Because the Raiders are laughably bad at closing games. Jeff Lloyd had mentioned it. They had a lead at halftime in all three of their games, and they've lost all three of their games. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what helped? Having a pass rusher to just torment a quarterback. Yeah. Especially a rookie one. Seattle, Arizona. By the way, that would be Baker Mayfield's first start. It will be. So, Seattle, Arizona? Yeah. Um, give me whoever is facing the Cardinals. Yeah, pretty much. There's your survival pool strategy after the Bills blew that up. <laughs> I forgot to say that earlier, too. Rest in peace to everyone in their survivor pool. Oh, yeah, because... Taking Minnesota. Minnesota just destroyed everyone's hopes and dreams. Yeah. You know, funny thing is, is I've, like, I, was in a, I was in a loser pool, mm-hmm. and I got knocked out in week two already. Um, Sorry. Thank you. Houston for managing to not beat Blaine Gabbert led Tennessee. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked that game because I would want as a as a loser pool you have to pick the loser. Yeah. I would I would have wanted the Bills for a later point in the year, say a New England game. Yeah. I can't imagine. I got to talk to Paul and see how bad the loser pool got blown up. <laughs> yeah. All right. New Orleans and the New York Giants. Oh, my God, the Saints. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. The Giants are still bad. Mm-hmm. Their offensive Evan Ingram, line. Evan Ingram's now out. Their offensive line still, still can't bad. block. And you benched Eric Flowers, which is an, is an upgrade. This is an upgrade. But the rest of the line's still bad. Yeah. All right. The 49ers and the Chargers. 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 And Jimmy G might be out. For the year. That's rough. Rest, rest in peace, anyone who took him. RIP in peace. Yeah. If you dra- if you overdrafted I. E. Jimmy, if you overdrafted Jimmy G in a fantasy league, i.e. me, my dynasty league, I took him in the sixth round. Quarterbacks were start were about to start going, and so I was like, you know, I'll just get a guy. Yeah. And I mean, I still got three other quarterbacks I can work with. So. Solid, solid. Yeah. All right then. All right, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I'm going Steelers. I'm going. I'm going Ravens. Nah, who am I kidding? I'm going Steelers here because the Ravens' defense is kind of showing that they're not all that special right now, which says about a million things about Nathan Peterman. (laughs) Yeah. All right, the Monday nighter, Kansas City, Denver. You bet against Pat Mahomes. I dare you. I know, right? No way. God, he's been a monster. He's been... Has he thrown a pick yet? No. He's at 13-0. I mean, I get it, and I know why the Bills traded it, and I'm not that kind of person that says they should have drafted Pat Mahomes. But dang it, they missed out on that. Mm -hmm. That's going to hurt. It's always going to hurt. It's not going to matter if Josh Allen's good, but it's going to hurt a little bit because if this man is that good, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It does help to have weapons. Helps to have weapons. Helps to have Andy Reid, but. He also have a, yeah, an all, a good offensive coach. But. And, he's, and, remember, is, and remember, he did do the thing that's now considered rare for rookie quarterbacks. We broke that down in yeah. extensive 
fashion, actually. He sat a whole year. One of only three since Aaron Rodgers did it. Yeah. And the other two were flops. It shows that that should be the that it's it's be. still not. I, I wouldn't say that it should be the way to go, but I will say that it's it was very beneficial in his case. Yeah, but I think if he stepped in week one last year, he still would be fine. Yeah, probably. It wouldn't be thirteen and zero. No, but it'd be fine. He'd be fine. Yeah. All right. Green Bay Buffalo. I'm taking Green Bay. I think, but I think it's going to be a close game, and you don't bet against the bad man. Even if he's on one leg, he's still a bad man. This is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. I'm going in. Let's do this. Leroy. All right. Dickens. All right. <laughs> fair enough. No, I mean it's fair. It it's fair to pick Buffalo. It really is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you won pickums this week. So far, overall, I've won two, you've won one. So What's our individual year? record? Because I only have one game. I don't up. have that I don't have that yet. I want because I want to Mark down the uh, week three ones first. Okay, okay. So I'll let you know about that one Friday. All right, fair enough. Yeah. All right, Frank, we got to squeeze in some Sabres talk, and I think that Alex Nylander and Tage Thompson are making this team. They are making this team. Change my mind. Yeah. Like, Nylander has really looked good. I mean, Thompson struggled when he was in for the second game against Toronto. But but he was also coming off, you know, back-to-back games. I, I, know, I do get know, that. And – but that's going to happen in the league and too. And it's going to happen in it's going to happen in the league, but a lot of teams like the kid like, still has been like, one of their best players. Undoubtedly. Not only that, not only that, unless you're this real special talent, sometimes if you're playing in if you know you're playing in a back-to-back, a lot of coaches will either let you go off in one game and then limit your time the next game. Something like that, just to keep, yeah. just to, and, and also too, you know, it will keep, it helps, you know, with health and everything. Like I look at a team like the Leafs, and they do do, they do things like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, but so, hey, but no. I mean, they look so they lose both games to Toronto, but they look good. They still look good. You know, you had that big spurt of goals early on in the Friday game. It was like, it was three to one to Leafs, like four minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I guess. I mean. Ha- things happen in hockey, but after that, Olmark played the. He steadied up. He steadied up. He looked. He looked good. He steadied Mac- up. He I'll good. tell you this: McElhinney was a monster that that game. He stopped all twenty shots he faced. And the Sabers were putting it on. Late. They were they were putting shots on him, mm-hmm. and yeah, he just he just couldn't be stopped. There's a big, there's a real big uh, competition right now. I mean, it's for the backup goalie spot right now in Toronto because they got Sparks three. and McElhinney, yeah, and Pickard too. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about Kevin Picard. So there's a, and McElhinney's really looking like he they might keep they, he might be the guy they keep again, again, yeah. If he keeps playing like and that, he's been steady like that as their backup. Actually, he's been good. He's been solid as a backup he's been for them. Good, yeah. All right, but I think though, you know. I, I really have liked 
a lot of what I've seen from Alex Nylander. Yeah. And I think it's about time that everyone started changing their tune on the 2016 first rounder. I do have a fun fact about the 2016 draft, though, in the top 10 of that class. What's that? Only two players have played less than 10 games. It's a solid group. Because after, after Nylander was Sergachev and Tyson Jost. Yeah. Both have played full seasons now in the NHL. Yeah, only, yeah. Well, the only player that has not yeah. played an NHL game from the top 10 is Ole Levy. Yep. Nylander has played in six? I think it's six or seven. Six or seven games, yeah. But the rest of them in that top 10 have played an entire season at minimum. So it's been... And then add in, of course, what William Nylander has done. But everyone tends to forget something about William Nylander, and it's this. Willie Nylander needed one and a half seasons to get into the NHL. A lot of people. people forget that. Two years later, here's Alex Nylander really challenging to start the year in Buffalo. And he's not just doing it based on his skill. He's always had it. Mm-hmm. The guy's got a drive now that we haven't seen from him on a consistent basis, and it's there every shift. Yeah, it's there. Like, he was challenging. He would have challenged last year, too, but he got injured. He got the injury. I still think that he didn't play with that fire, though. Yeah, he 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 didn't in Rochester. I, I don't know how much the injury affected it. Yeah, but now you're seeing a guy because who's— that was a, Because I'll tell you this, that was a huge momentum loss for him. That that could have, that really could have affected him. It probably I was demoralizing, yes. I think what we're seeing, though, is he's maturing. He's maturing, and he's getting it. He, he not only gets it. He's fighting. Yeah. He is fighting for this. Yeah. That's what I mean about maturing. Like he mean, he's getting it. He means business. It's putting this year. that it's that that fire is lit in him where it's lit. <laughs> it's lit. Yeah. And he wants it. He wants it and he's taking it. And he's I, he's took it. He's he t- took it. He's, you look at he's that, making the team. You look at that game against Toronto that he played in. The yeah, first one. The first game. And Nealander did a couple of things that were just by God fantastic. Yeah, he had a he had a meh first period. Like there were times where he was just really struggling, but that line as a whole was struggling when Casey Millistat was on it. And you see Alex Nealander, as Paul Hamilton put it, he did something about it. Yeah, he didn't just let it go, and he didn't just like crumble and die, or just curl up in a ball and just keep going as is, like meh. The man stripped a puck from John Tavares. <laughs> he did. You know how hard that is to do? Ask Philadelphia. The entire team. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes on a breakaway, doesn't get the goal, but it was one of the was primo. Good, it was a great save. It was one of the, it was one of the primo scoring chances that you're going to get. Yeah. Tage Thompson's goal, which was filth, oh. by the way. That's because of Nylander. He takes the entire attention from Nazem Kadri, who was balling and getting back mm-hmm. like he is hustling to get back in the play Nylander goes right for the net you have Kadri's attention you need to have Kadri's attention on that two-on-one yep for the back check yep because then what's that do one-on-one Tage drags him just a great toe drag and then just <sighs> that was not tell su- you. that was not suitable for work okay <laughs> that's how filthy Let that me, was I'll tell you this though but Nylander on that play Goes right for the net. Yeah, like he he goes. Yep. Tage has that net. puck past the blue line, and he is gone. Yeah. And Kadri's like, I have to get this guy. I have to tie him up. Kadri's like, crap, 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 exactly. crap. Exactly. Now he can't go and strip the puck. 
he has to go after Nylander. Yeah. Because he knows that that's a tap-in if he doesn't. Yeah. Nylander is getting it. And it's not just here. You saw it with the prospects challenge. Yep. The man took pleasure in being on the penalty kill. You, you saw he it took in Dev pleasure too. In, he took pleasure in the penalty kill. Yep. He took pleasure in engaging in battles and getting that puck. Against, against Pittsburgh, there was one play where he combines disgusting amount of skill with that drive and that fire that saw him dominate in that, other, in that final game. He was fairly solid against New Jersey, too. Yeah, he was. I don't think he played against Boston. I don't think so, too. But you saw the man be dominant. Mm-hmm. Even in New Jersey game, he got a goal, but then he wasn't otherwise dominant on the score sheet, but he was still dominant. This is the guy that everyone was waiting for. Yeah. He's here. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? It means that a forgotten man in the prospect pool has bolstered your prospect pool. And he might crack, he might crack your top nine. Oh, he is. Especially with Connor Sherry's hurt. Yeah. If that injury lingers into the regular season, Alex Nylander might have taken a job. That injury lingers. Neil, you might see Nylander start out in the top six. Might. I would agree. So now here's a question for you, Frank. Actually, you had something to say. I want to say real quick, with Tage Thompson, mm-hmm. I think the most impressive thing I saw from him, we that toe drag, that toe drag hey. goal was just nasty. But in the third period, la- later, when the Sabres were trying to tie the game, yes. I remember I saw a shot from Thompson from the top of the right around the top of the right circle. He almost loses the puck and he reaches for it. He's got the long range being a big guy, but he's reaching for the puck. He's nearly on one knee. He's like halfway down to being on one knee and he still rips a wrist shot. Right over that hits that yes, hit the glass. Yes, it missed the net. But that ability to just reach out and then snap a wrist shot like that from the angle, the angle you're at, the position you're in, mm-hmm. it's better than most people's best best wrist shots in the league. Yeah, his ability to do that it was just like, oh my god, I can't believe he even got that shot off. He does have to start hitting the net more, but that's me being picky. Then the, that that's gonna come, and that, yes. that's gonna come. The young that, ones that 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 he was that he was trying to he he forced a shot to happen, but he forced a good one. All right. A so really good shot. To we've have. talked really well about two prospects, two high end prospects. Yeah. Now there's two that haven't been doing so hot. Casey Middlestat and Brendan Gooley. Both have struggled. Both have struggled. Gooley to the point where he might. He might he's going to start in Rochester. Rochester. He's going to start out in Rochester yeah. because Bolu has done well in his return. Zach Bergogian looks solid. Yeah. Your top four is Scandella, Ristolainen, and Darlene and McCabe. Your Nelson's your seven. Yeah, they're probably going in. So where are you putting Gooley? You're putting him on the top line in Rochester with Lawrence Pilute, oh. who has looked solid himself. He's looked very good. Rochester's top four with Gooley there's, is nasty good. Mm-hmm. Gooley, Pilute, Borg, and Hickey. Maybe Tennyson's in that top four as a solid veteran presence. You Then you got guys like Tennyson, Fadoon, Redman. You're scratching one of those guys on a nightly basis. He scratched Tennyson. I'm sorry. Just scratch Tennyson. Fadoon Redmond is Redmond's good for the for the AHL. For the AHL, yes, he's a yeah. very solid AHLer. He he's a good veteran. Tyler Fadoon is as well. Yeah, I mean we always see the bad of Matt Tennyson, but I'm pretty sure he's solid in Rochester. He's okay. 
from what I saw last year, he was he's okay. Yeah. But again, you have decisions you have to make on a nightly basis now. Yeah. Competition. But now that. Casey Middlestat and Brendan Gooley, we just went over Gooley, but what do you do with Casey Middlestat? And I think is you put him at third line center for the start of the season. Yeah. Because he's not looking like he's ready again. Not again, but like he's not ready yet. He's, he's not, not ready. looking like he's, he's not ready, ready to for, be that. He's not ready for line two. He's not ready to be Eichel's, uh, what would you call it? Understudy. Or that backup dancer? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like he, we, you saw them make the Ryan O'Reilly trade, and part of that was their belief in Casey Middlestat. Mm-hmm. But then they got a pair of centers in Sabatka and Berglund to come in, and they could be a little bit of a stopgap for Berglund, when Casey Middlestat is ready to Berglund, take two C. Berglund I, takes two C. Berglund, yeah, will t- will be that stopgap. I think Berg Saboka, realistically, I think you might you should they should put him as the fourth line center. Yes, or honestly, because not he's a, because he's a good he's a good centerman already. Mm-hmm. He can I mean he can play wing as well, which is which is nice. So he's, he's got a versatile that, piece. He's got the utility. He's a, he's a utility gadget type player. You can put him in a, in all different situations, and. You're gonna need a steady presence on that, you know, down the middle because let's be real, center is a weakness for the Sabers after Eichel because Middlestat's not not there yet. He's not there. Yet. He's not ready. Once Middlestat's he has there, struggled through the prospects challenge to preseason. He's trying to do too much until Middlestat gets there, which it will happen this year. It's just a matter of when. Center's going to continue to be a weakness. So I like the idea of starting him out as the third at, on the third line. I've liked that idea since the end of last year mm-hmm. that he should start out as a third line center. That was part of the reason why I was against trading Ryan O'Reilly. Well, because now I got... didn't want to start Casey Middleton out as the second line center. Unless they got unless they were going to get a guy back who could be a stopgap. And they did in Patrick Berglund. They got two of them. And they got two of real realistic. They traded Ryan O'Reilly's minutes. For two players. That's yeah. what they did. Yeah, pretty much. Ryan O'Reilly nice was eating thing, all the minutes. But the nice thing, too, for Saboka, if they want to get – if they want him to help Middlestat as well in terms of getting him – getting Middlestat, you know, more accustomed to the NHL life, they could put Saboka on Middlestat's wing. Mm-hmm. No, there's there's a lot to – There's a there's a lot of options. There's options and versatility with this lineup, and we're going to draw up our lineups on Friday. Okay. Otherwise, we've been running a – Big, long podcast today. It's okay. It happens. It happens, and I'm cool with it, and that's what we do here on the Leftovers Podcast is we just go off the uh, – we, we shoot off the hip. Yeah. We really do. And thank you, as always, for listening on demand. Can we – one more thing. Oh, boy. I am so happy for Tiger Woods winning the Tour Championship this weekend. His first pro golf win in five years. I mean, yeah. It's, it is impressive how he did it because he just dominated he dominated, and it, and he ended up finishing the total like FedEx Cup race now in second. He started out the he started out that tournament in twentieth, and he and stormed now, up to second, and he ended up in second to where he eventually lost to Justin Rose. Is because Rose finished tied for third. If Rose, I think it, I don't know where Rose had to finish in order for Tiger to win, but there was a chance that if Rose faltered, Tiger could have won the whole thing, and he would have won an extra ten million dollars. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a problem. No, it's not. It's great. I it's great for Rose because he's a great golfer. He's he yes. won the gold. He won the gold medal at the uh, 
at the 2016 Summer Olympics in Brazil mm-hmm. in golf. So, I mean, he, we, we know what he can do. But this weekend was all about Tiger, and you saw, you saw that with the crowd that was there. You saw it with the crowd. Now, you cannot – April cannot come soon enough. I'm sorry that I had. I'm sorry to have total total tunnel vision. I know you're not a big golf guy. No, I know. But but what you said, like this weekend was all about Tiger. I know you're talking about Josh Allen dunked on the Bills. I'm talking and literally dunked on Anthony Barr. I'm talking in the golf world. He literally dunked on Anthony. Barr. I'm talking in golf. He jumped. He jumped a six five line. I know he did. Browns won a football. Josh Allen over Tiger Woods. Go confirmed. Stop. Stop. No. (laughs) No. Because I, because you know, like because guess who won first on Sunday? I know Josh Allen. Yeah, he did. But guess who also won first on Sunday? Tiger Woods. No, no, no. Like he won before Tiger Woods did. Chronologically, when it comes to the ticking <laughs> okay. of the clock, Josh okay. Allen go confirm. All right, let's go. All right, I am in again, and that's terrible. You want to know why? This is exactly that kind of win that hooks Bills fans back in. Yes, I know. And I am a sucker. I know you are. I am going to do it. I know you are. We're going to see the emotional range of me for the span of three weeks, and we're going to see where this goes next week. <laughs> I'm scared for next week. I am amazingly like anticipating how dumb I'm going to sound. I'm scared. I am happy. But, no, like next, like now next April for next year's Masters, Tiger's the favorite now. That comes with expectation. Now you got to win something. Well, he did. No, no, I mean a major. Yeah. Now you got to okay. win something. Well, with the way he's playing, he's winning one. In fact, if he if he's dominating again, if he's the old Tiger, Nicholas's major record might be in jeopardy. He's only he's only 4 behind. All it takes is a all it takes is 3 years of more, 3 more years of dominance. Well, here's the thing about sports. The Bills covered a massive spread. They did. And won straight up. They did. The first time in 21 tries that a team had a 16-point or more spread, and they won straight up. Yep. So that's the thing about sports. You never know. Josh Allen, GOAT confirmed. Thanks for listening to Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry. And I am going to be obnoxious like you. Drink it in because once Wednesday rolls around, that's work week. Practice week starts again, and you got Green Bay. Here we go. Green Bay and then the Sabre season. Are you ready? Next Thursday. Dude, it's going down. Sports is back. Hope your heart's ready. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.